0: it's that time your fix is here college football is a year-round discussion with these two here's jc and morgan mike morgan of espn and jc sherbert of 24 7 sports have you covered beginning right now
1: morgan it's a, it's a 2 four. Two in one week, go figure, but it's that time of year, and we wanted to get this guy on, and we haven't talked to him a while. Well, I haven't talked to you in a while. I know you and JC talk all the time now, Bill. Uh, I used to be one of your VIP people, and I've clearly been demoted uh, over the last few years, so you've always been still on my big league roster. We just we just haven't had you on, uh, on this podcast, and I can't think of a good reason, so I'm glad you're kind enough to join us. How are you?
2: What I heard was one of the stipulations of your marriage was to lose my number.
1: (laughs) What I heard. Yes. That's that was the first, that was part of the vows. Actually. I, I, I do swear to remove Bill King from the contact portion of the telephone. Yes, that's exactly what happened, but uh, she doesn't know. I don't think she's watching. So I think we're safe. We're in the clear. Uh, let me go back for a second, because I, I a lot of times we will have guests on like yourself for the first time. And I always think, OK, well, where did my connection with this person start? My introduction to Bill King was years and years of SEC Media Days Radio Row doing shows in various markets. And usually my show was in the afternoon. And every now and then I'd do an afternoon show and then help the guy out who was doing the six to eight show and kind of sit in with him because we were all part of the same network. And by so he was done at eight o'clock Eastern. And by then, Radio Row went from like forty stations to like none. And you know the the cleanup crew at the Winfrey Hotel, now whatever it's called, they're they got the vacuum cleaner going up. And I would hear this distinct voice in the distance about twenty feet from the food court. And it was a guy talking recruiting at like nine thirty at night for some station in Tennessee. I believe that was WLAC, and I you believe you were with two other gentlemen. One of which I did a telecast with, uh, who was a chain smoker. And every time we went to commercial break, he had to go outside to smoke a cigarette. Am I? Are any of these facts ringing a bell to you, Bob Bell? That's Is Bob Bell. Name? Yes. Yes. Yeah,
2: and. Until about 01, from 87 until 01, we either did a very late afternoon show or the show more to 5 to 9 central time, so your time, 10 o'clock. And we had to limit recruiting to the last hour because if we didn't, it would take over every minute of the show, four right. hours every night, didn't matter what time of year it was. So I had to limit it, and that's what you call.
1: That's right. And if- – I mean, I'm sitting here I, among two of the Mount Rushmore recruiting guys nationally. Uh, over the years, uh, you, of course, were one of the original pioneers. I, you know, I think when I first would get like magazines with recruiting, uh, this was before the internet. You had like Tom Lemming and Max M Finger and these guys. I used to have Jamie Newber- Newberg on my show years and years ago. Uh, But you were one of those guys that were certainly a staple. And then J.C. did it nationally for ESPN and other outlets. So uh, this is, I guess, for both of you. How has covering recruiting changed for each one of you? And, And what do you make of what it's become in general?
2: I, what I did, and I knew it, when I got in this business in 87, nobody was covering it other than some pamphlets and stuff so when i got on the radio i said i know this is big i don't care what anybody else thinks i've always been that way and i'm going to introduce it to radio and it exploded in a day it took less than a day to have that spread like a bad weed right so i knew that would happen and then just fast forward to today because i was one of the first that had a 900 number and i don't know if i've told you guys the story i'll make it quick it was 1990, I had a 900 number, and it was January. My first check after everybody else got paid from a company named Advanced Telecom was $45,000 for one month. 1990, wow. 33 years ago, whatever that was. I knew the internet was, was already in play and it was going to take that over. I knew that wouldn't last, and it didn't. It lasted a few years. But that's how I knew how big it was. It was just a monstrosity. What I couldn't figure out and what I really wasn't interested because I'm a radio guy is where would it end up on the Internet and how could you monetize it? I doubted that you could sell subscriptions on the Internet with team sites like JC does very successfully and like 24-7 and Rivals and on three and everybody does. I didn't think you could monetize it like that. Obviously, that's not true to the tune of about a billion (laughs) dollars. JC, Uh,
0: well, uh, the the difference with recruiting now—I don't cover it anymore. I, I, uh, I, especially on a national level, I keep up with it. And uh, I'll say this about monetization: we had a window, Bill, where Mm -hmm. we could really like rely just on recruiting to cover to carry us. Right. These days, I mean, like I I would not have a website if it was just recruiting because it's all over Twitter and Instagram, and everybody can get it for free. Yeah. Um. so, So so. while we were able, while we were working to introduce the the average or you know diehard fan to online communities and being on message boards with his buddies and basically creating a chain of virtual sports bars for people to hang out in, which now lends itself back to sports talk radio and all that, because you you, you have people that would probably pay premium to listen to a show and hang out in a chat box or. Uh, big part of a call in show every day. Um, while we were waiting on that, recruiting did carry us, but, um, you know, I, I think it would be very challenging. I, I think it is challenging for some of the guys to, to cover it these days well, just because of social media, just because kids and their parents have figured it out to a certain extent. Uh, they know how to kind of play the game. Uh, I don't think anybody's fooled anymore. Um, it, it's still though and when it gets down to it, is is exciting and intriguing when, when you're following it behind the scenes, uh, especially with one school and one player, and it keeps going back and forth. That's still very exhilarating. I mean, last signing day, uh, the second one with Nick Harbour covering that thing was uh, reminded me of the old days. But I, I just couldn't do it 365 anymore. It just, it just uh, because m- many times your answer, the best answer you can give your audience is, I don't know. And if you give, if you say, I don't know, Timmy, fast people are going to be, I don't know if I should listen to you. You know, <laughs> So, so, you know, that's, that's the deal there with that. But I, I'm certainly grateful that for you guys, like you, like you, Bill, and Phil Kornblut in South Carolina did that. Mm-hmm. And if it if I wasn't a kid listening to Phil with his recruiting report every night on sports talk growing up, right. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would never gotten into it, but I developed a passion for it through that, through putting my ear to and getting your newsletters and stuff. Um, I don't think I ever called a 900 number. I think I'd have gotten my butt whipped, but, um, it, uh, it was, it was that So Yeah. Y'all, you guys were all the, the pioneers back then and they were absolutely right. about recruiting.
1: You were competing with different 900 numbers at the time. Uh, the others did not involve recruiting unless you were recruiting, uh, uh, somebody with a very, uh, sensual voice that would give you a, a message you wanted to, <laughs> to well,
2: hear for like 599
1: a minute or something.
2: Interesting story. They flew from Philadelphia down to Advanced Telecom, and I don't even know if that's a company anymore, but that was the name, to meet with me, and I told them I didn't want to do it because it has a bad connotation. My fiancé, now my wife, said, you are crazy, and she was right. I completely changed. I called them back, said I changed my mind, and there we have it.
1: There you that's have awesome. it. That's fantastic. That's um, fantastic. We'll zero in on Tennessee for a moment, but since you and I haven't spoken for a while and we haven't had you on this particular platform, what do you make of just the massive changes we've had in the last couple of years? You could could zero in on the last couple of months with realignment, which might have yet another chapter that might be soon coming down the pike with the ACC. You could zero in on NIL. You could zero in on the expanded playoff uh the near extinction of the pack. I mean, how has this been for you to cover on your show and as somebody who's been around covering college football for decades?
2: Almost all of it I do not like. I don't like the direction at all, but the selfish part of me realizes it's exhilarating radio, and I love that, right? Yeah. So I'm willing to give it up because I'm telling you guys, I even said during COVID, when there was a threat, you know, the SEC, ACC, the last holdouts. I said I'm not worried about content. I don't care if they shut it all down. I'm not worried about content. There's so much to talk about, and I call it the playing portion and non-playing portion. We're not allowed to say on my show off-season because there is no off-season, and it's all these elements. It's the freebie transfer rule. It's it isn't name, image, likeness. It's pay for play. All of that. And it's fantastic radio. And I mm-hmm. got to admit, I don't think you should get two free transfers because you get a grad transfer as well. Right, guys? That was, And that mm-hmm. was a good idea. But mm-hmm. it's exhilarating. And I will admit as well that I look to see where all these guys are going to go. I will sit there like a child. And ch- I did it during the baseball transfer stuff just a <laughs> couple of months ago where Billy Amick's going to go. Just one example. Of all of where Paul Skeens was going to go a year ago. Paul Skeens was on Tennessee's campus when they were about to get eliminated by Notre Dame a year before wow. where Tommy tanks was going to go. I sat there and tracked that stuff. I would have never done that guys in the past. So I right. hate it, but it's fantastic for what I do. And so I understand that part of it. We've got no leadership. The NCAA, which I call mall cops, because that's all they are. That's what they're reduced to just sat mason smith JC, and i just talked about it Jeez. for something that happened pre-nil there's no leadership there's no police force it's a rudderless ship but it's exhilarating
1: yeah yeah i mean look <laughs> the nfl be- had became a 12 month a year sport right based on free agency which is what we now have in college football based on the draft which is a form of recruiting, which we already have in college football. And now we have two versions of it, right? The early signing period and the latter signing period. So if college football wanted to, and certainly even the people that pinch their nose over all this, uh, know the value of being relevant 12 months a year, that is a byproduct of all of it. So you're right. Good, bad, or indifferent for the people that cover the sport and for the sport wanting to make more money, and not just be a niche you know, for four or five months, mission accomplished. It's, it, it, there's plenty to talk about 12 months out of the year. There is no slow part. You do it 12 months out of the year. We do this podcast 12 months out of the year. JC runs his website 12 months out of the year. And, yes, we do talk about other sports. But you could just do it covering college football, and you wouldn't run – the well doesn't run dry anymore.
2: There, there's only one bastion left for them to obtain – And they're on that trail right now. And by the way, a listener of my show every day out of Chicago's brother is the lawyer for the players representing them and going after the TV revenue. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that's
2: the last bet. There's nothing left after that, other than negotiating how much more we should get from the TV money. That's it, guys. That is the Mount Everest right there. And uh, I never thought we would even approach that day. And we're, mm-hmm. I don't know that we're a year or two out. JC's in that world. He can probably estimate better, it, but we're way closer than I ever thought. My my, my
0: opinion is it, it it's almost you have to do it because what, what is, all right. So how do you get, if you want to get out of NIL out of recruiting, that's what you do because right. you can't limit NIL earnings it's, as a, as a school, as a, as a right. football program and say, all right, you're, you, you know, everybody's just getting this. But you can sign student athletes to exclusive NIL deals, which is exactly what everybody in the NIL space—athletes, uh, actors, actresses, pitchmen, radio personalities, whatever—we all know non-competes and, and exclusivity. That's that's part of our job, and we use our name, image, and likeness quite a bit. But right. well, what is television? It's entertainment. Sports television is entertainment. Who are the quote-unquote actors in the, in the in the entertainment? Uh, Three hours you're watching the players and coaches and fans and broadcasters. So if you wanted to even the playing field, at least within the conferences, what you do is you say you get X TV dollars. We're signing you to an exclusive name, image. And, we, we own your name, image and likeness in exclusivity for the first two years you're in school and you get X uh, cut of our television broadcast money. And then after that, if you're good enough and you, you want to go jockey a car dealership or whatever, so be it. Um, that's not going to keep the, the portal rating from happening or any of that, but at least it gets it out of high school recruiting, uh, at least within the conferences. Now the ACC schools aren't going to have a prayer against the big 10 or sec, uh, as far as money goes, initial offerings, but at least everybody is somewhat on a playing field there, but they don't listen to me. Uh, that's what I would do if I were them, but they, they don't listen to me. So who knows, but I agree with you that, that a piece of the, those lawyers and folks—they can smell that TV money, and, oh and it's uh, the sharks are circling.
2: And which commissioner will cave? Which commissioners will cave? I don't think the SEC is wanting to cave now. Eventually, they may have to, but I would think they'd be the, the last holdout. I think the Big Ten would cave quicker than we think. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting. And but but that day's coming, guys. It may be twenty twenty-five or whatever, but we're we're about to have our come to Jesus meeting with that topic.
1: Well, the one that was going to cave first was the pack. I mean, they're they're in all their you know designs on being the smartest person in the room. They were talking about this kind of stuff before anybody else was, and of course, they're in a part of the country that kind of lends itself to that more. Uh, But they were too busy watching their league get destroyed (laughs) to ever have a chance to implement something that would affect uh, college football as we know it. But yeah, stay tuned for that one. That'll be interesting to say the least. Uh, let's talk about where you reside. I, you know, I, I remember years ago when Tennessee was really good and I would have you on and you would talk about the fact that it's, it's volunteers and Titans and then there's a chasm and then there's Vanderbilt, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then you, you have been in the middle of the most, you know, there's, I always, I say this all the time. There is going to be a Netflix or a 30 for 30 on 10 years of Tennessee drama That will be unparalleled. I mean, Swamp Kings has nothing on what went down in Knoxville and it just got to the point where Tennessee, you wondered when they would ever be relevant again. Obviously, that has changed and depending on what they do this year. Um, they, they they might plant their flag and declare, we're back, baby, if they can have the kind of year that some people believe they'll be. I don't think anybody thinks they're in the class of Georgia yet. That game is in Knoxville. It is in November. From your view, which is not you know 100,000 feet above, it's almost in your backyard, what has it been like following this, and did you ever think that it would turn around as quickly as it has when the non-plus hire, I think from a lot of people's standpoint, Josh Heupel was a non-plus hire. I don't think anybody thought that he was going to be able to do great things in a short amount of time.
2: When they hired Heupel, they were close to ground zero. Mm -hmm. Transfer portal all against them. I mean, every big name almost on that roster. I am shocked that in year two, they were in the initial playoff rankings ranked number one. Probably shouldn't have been, but they were ranked number one Then got beat by Georgia, but amazing. He gets 11 wins out of a depleted roster in year two. I would have bet everybody on the planet and lost to everybody on the planet. There's not a chance. I I thought they'd be lucky in year one to win five, four, five games. That team could have won nine, ten games. Now, again, they didn't that first year, but they could have. They were in all kinds of games they could have won. Shocking. Absolutely shocking and You're right. Let's go back a little bit. We could even go back to 92 when Johnny Majors went in for surgery. Fulmer took over. The team kind of got sparked and revitalized, played well. Majors, knowing he was getting stabbed in the back, came back too early. Team tanked. He gets fired. Fulmer takes over. Five, six years later, wins a national championship. Gets fired in 08 after having a five-win season, two of his last three years. Then you go with Lane Kiffin, Derek Dooley, Butch Jones, Jeremy Pruitt, a bunch of bad hires. K- Kiffin would have been a good hire, but he didn't stay but a year. Mm-hmm. And, and that entire time, guys, chancellors backstabbing, presidents backstabbing, ADs backstabbing, poor AD hires, a colossal disaster. Bruce Pearl gets fired for having too many weenies on a grill on a Saturday, bringing in Ohio State recruit because he lied about it. They fire him. One colossal mess after another It's true. Other than LSU, nobody eats their own better than Tennessee, right? Just consumes them and discards them. That's not going on right now. It's a, a shockingly, guys, a very happy place. Football, <laughs> Basketball's good. Baseball's a national power. You could argue Tony Vitello is the face of college football right now right? He's polarizing his heck. The softball team, I know we're not here to talk about that, but it's it's the most harmonious I've seen up there, which, again, your point, it's shocking.
1: Go ahead. I want to ask an X's and O's question, but, but JC, go ahead before I do that.
0: I was just going to point out, you know, it's kind of funny. You talked about Fulmer and, and Majors, and then uh, later on, uh, Butch and uh, and um, yeah, the Butch, and then you know what happened last year. Dooley. Yeah, the, those 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 coaches all lost to South Carolina late and got fired. So around Columbia, we all think about that. We're all like, hey, Majors lost that one game in '92. Former lost in '08 and was out by Monday. I think it was the last straw with Dooley in 2010 or 2011. 2011, whatever, or 2012, whatever it was, he got fired. Uh, and then um, and then with Butch, there was that 2016 loss too. So there's an interesting history. I got, a, I, I got
2: another one for you, for you you guys now. Randy Sanders, who took over when Cutcliffe got the Ole Miss job, yeah. hung on to it, did a very bad job. I was against him the entire time. By the way, he hates my guts. And <laughs> uh, he, Tennessee, his last year, which I believe was 06, might have been, been 05. But it was 05. He, he resigns after the South Carolina game. So there's another one the Gamecocks slayed there at Tennessee. Cutcliffe Cutcliffe came back, guys. Mm -hmm. And remember, after that five-win team, they won the SEC East and got to the SEC Championship game in 07. Cutcliffe leads
0: for Duke. Back in the tank, he gets fired. Mm -hmm. David Clawson came. Of all people, it was David Clawson who's now – Winning Hanover, I mean, crazy game, crazy, crazy. He's done a crazy job at Wake Forest.
1: I think about it and I like, I'm trying to be fair to the hires, right? Uh, Because it's so easy to be 2020 hindsight. Like, what did I think when those hires were made? And honestly, the Derek Dooley one made no sense, uh, completely out of his league. Uh, Butch Jones, you could make an argument. I mean, he had a good run at Cincinnati. You, you could make yeah. that argument at least.
0: Lane he, he, Kibben, was, he, was a, he was a search firm hire, Butch was. Search firm. Well, it seems like half kind of these guys are, Kind right? of search firm type. Yeah, guy, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, but it just seemed like they could not get out of their own way. And then NCAA stuff, it's just like one, one thing after another. And I, I have to think that being a Tennessee fan during that time, had to be one of the most emotionally anxiety-ridden stretches because the old expression, it's it's a lot harder to have had money and lost it than to never had it at all. Like, you are fresh off a national championship, SEC championships, facilities, everything, rocking and rolling, and then you go through the blender for more than a decade. Uh, I don't know if we'll see that big of a
0: fall from grace. Yeah, in all sports, really. I mean, that they, they guy from Southern Miss, they hired basketball for one year. Remember that? Yeah. The I mean, one he hit, got, Donnie Tendrell. 10 10.
1: From Southern Miss. He's, been, mean, based, he's unhirable now. I mean. I to, he's got
2: they, a 10-year show cause.
1: Show cause, yeah.
2: <laughs> he is at the. The junior college that's down there in the Fort Walton Beach area is mm-hmm. it uh, Walton something? He's the basketball coach there at the junior. And he's
1: college. actually a good coach. I mean, he actually I mean,
2: on the
0: he's a good X's and O's guy. He yeah, is.
1: absolutely. But I mean, he he messed up at Southern Miss of all places, <laughs> right. and like
0: yeah, you know, it's I mean, like wow. It, but it's now, like, now, like Bill said, stability. You got Rick Barnes coming off eleven and two and in the playoff Orange Bowl in football. Uh, Tony Vitello, the face of college baseball, like you said, I think women's basketball is on its way back. And softball won the SEC. There's probably other sports. How how much comfort does it give Tennessee folks in your audience that Danny White is now the AD? Well,
2: at first, probably somewhat of an unknown at Tennessee. We know him. We know his family. I don't know if Tennessee fans understood that. But they've been so mismanaged by so many ADs. And Fulver came in at the last minute. It was just one big colossal cluster bleep, guys. And... He's done a fantastic job. Now, Danny. Danny's a little bit cocky. If you see him at the podium, Danny's very confident. He's cocky, and but but it's it's earned. Right now, he's running a fantastic athletic department. When he hired Heupel, there was not a lot of positivity. You mean mm-hmm. Tennessee went out and supposedly had a nationwide search, and he hired the guy in an office ten feet from him
1: at UCLA. I mean, how
2: hard was that? He could have gotten yeah. him at Hello, right? <laughs> but it turned out to be, uh, t- to date, it's turned out to be a wonderful hire.
1: It's crazy because to, to this day, I have a good friend who's a UCF uh, a diehard graduate, alum, everything. And he was never that high on Josh Heupel at UCF. I right. mean, he, loves, he loved him some Scott Frost. Yep. And if you would have, have talked about taking a bet and losing, who's going to have the better future, Scott Frost or Josh Heupel? Everybody would have bet on Frost. I mean, Frost was was such a highly touted guy. Turned down the Florida job, turned down this job, and Heupel was like, "Yeah, I don't know. I guess he's all right." So let's get into that. Yep. When they, when people think about Josh Heupel, they think about the scheme. And I know they it, it, it had one offensive coordinator who's now gone. They got another offense, but but people associate Josh Heupel with this offense. Which I'm not trying to get too technical here, but it, to, to to simplify it, and I'm going to oversimplify it. You take the wideouts, you split them out wide of the numbers, right? It's a, it's unusual when you watch them set up uh, on a typical on a typical down, typical pass play. It's almost I don't want to say Mike Leach like in that they don't run a ton of stuff, but they they have mastered when they get those two on the left and one or two on the right. They know what you're going to try to do to stop it, and every time you try to do to stop it. They wind up getting the big hitter or they just dink and dunk you to death. And nobody seems to have been able to stop it through two years. Now, my own theory, defensive coordinators are pretty damn good in this league, as we know. They study a lot of tape. I've never seen an offense that's so unique that come year three, people still can't figure a a way to at least slow it down better. Do you subscribe to any of that? And what do you think has been the magic behind that system i mean yes they've had talent you had two nfl wide receivers hendon hooker was terrific but there's a lot of receivers running wide open and i'm sitting there going how in the heck is this happening
2: not only that but guys they do not substitute the receivers hardly ever so that's a problem for the defense right substitution wise they don't go in motion much either they're mm-hmm. running play you tell me other than that little quick hitter in the A-gaps, either A-gap. They don't have another running play. Have you ever seen Mm. them the last two years with a traditional student body right or left, a top Mm. tall sweep? They don't do that. I don't think Mm. that's in the playbook. It's pretty simple. It's based on mismatches. It's also based on this. And I don't know if JC subscribes from his recruiting years, but I've always swore by this. DB play coverage-wise is not good until you get to the NFL. Very few teams have two corners. That can play. I mean, if you got two real corners that can really be sticky, you are that's a miracle. You're lucky if you have one. And Hypel knows this. Even Alabama, they're not sticky in the secondary right now. Kool-Aid McKinstry's pretty good. They don't have a partner for him. They're not even they ran through them like they weren't on the field. Tennessee mm-hmm. did. You're right. They spread their guys all the way to the sideline. If you let them go up into section B and stand in <laughs> row 28, they do it, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's amazing. It's not real complicated. I, the, the playbook is not real sexy with nomenclature and things like that. But it's based on mismatches and is brilliant there. Whoever they announce as the coordinator, whenever they have their offensive coordinator there, and there's a new one there now that was already on the staff elevated, he's kind of a puppet. He might be a sharp guy, but everything that's happening is hypels. Sure. And you know, and this is a guy that was fired by his alma mater. Uh,
1: yeah,
2: Oklahoma fired him. I always get this thing. Well, if things don't work out there, do you think they'll hire him? I don't.
0: I don't know that he'd want to go back. Right. Yeah. yeah I mean, those, those scars it, it, run it, pretty deep. It's mm-hmm. fascinating. I wonder Jeff Levy, who ironically yep. is now the OC at Oklahoma, was on yep. his staff at UCF, and and I don't know that I'd like to dig into. Josh Hepel's brain. I'll probably never get the chance to because of my affiliation with South Carolina now. I don't think he's don't know, not after favorite. what just happened. no. Yeah, I don't think that's his favorite <laughs> team anymore, you know, right? So uh so, so it looked to me like when he when he got with Levy, which is a which is art let uh, Art briles son-in-law, okay, that he took kind of his very, very fast spread that he was running at Missouri and Oklahoma and added some like art briles type octane to it. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, it just, I don't know, it looks different. Maybe it's because it's more effective than it was at Missouri. And maybe it's because, you know, Drew Locke isn't the, wasn't the quarterback Hinton Hooker was, and, and Drew was kind of inconsistent. But uh, I, I wonder how much, you know, him taking from the Bryles tree as opposed to kind of the Leech tree, which is who he played for for a year at Oklahoma, and, and kind of mismatching that together uh, ha- has kind of influenced his offensive um, philosophy
2: i i think you can factor that in but here's another point that i think is misunderstood by some when you watch that offense you think of finesse and there's certainly a lot of that they are a very physical downhill running team and their running to pass ratio is 50 50 if not slightly more run people don't think that it's a very physical team Not many teams that spread it out like that ever can maintain physicality. They do it. Kirby Smart said, and, of course, Georgia was the one team that physically whipped them both sides of the line of scrimmage. But said, that's a real physical team. Their running backs hit the hole downhill, and it is not finesse. Mm -hmm. And that's the one thing that I think people misunderstand. When you think of Leach, you don't think of physicality per se, right? He's had some good running backs, but they're very physical.
0: Yeah, Browse, yeah. I, I I don't. I, I did. I used to not. Okay, but right th- then I guess North Carolina in that. Uh, well, it, it was the Tire Bowl, it was the Cheez-It Bowl, the, the second bowl in Orlando. One year they played North Carolina. North Carolina was a ten win team under Fedora. They didn't have any quarterbacks, Bill. They lined up and smashed North Carolina in the face. And rushed for 672 yards. <laughs> and, uh, and and I didn't oh, take yeah. it a step further, those Baylor teams didn't have the O-line right. that, that Tennessee did last year. I mean, I'm up here in Chicago. They don't love anything, but they love Darnell Wright. <laughs> I'll tell you, I, they love Darnell Wright right now. We love Darnell Wright. I mean, he's a beef sandwich and a half. They're all bears. You know, he's going to protect Justin Fields. You know, they can't t- stop talking about him. I mean, I and, and that, to, to the former staff's credit, or maybe even two staffs ago, who knows? That Tennessee offensive line unless you're stuck together. It was a big part. And they got they got they do have some guys back this year, too. And so they should probably be pretty good up front again this year as well, right, Bill? Well,
2: Cooper Mays, their center, you could say is their most valuable player, mm-hmm. particularly in that offense. And he's got an ailment they won't talk about. Supposedly we'll be back after a couple of games. They open with Virginia and then they play Austin P. It shouldn't be a problem. That's a problem right now. Mm-hmm. And they're two guard positions, they're good at tackle they two guard positions I'm hearing are iffy. The transfer from Texas is probably the left guard. He is not performing well right now, from what I understand. They mm. cannot have – if Cooper Mays isn't playing, and, again, he's the quarterback of that offense, the center, then they've got a big problem. The guy that's playing is a six-year senior who's never taken a meaningful snap. That's mm. a problem this year.
1: Obligatory Joe Milton question. Uh, There's no question he's going to be one of the most fascinating players this year in college football. Fascinating is not always a compliment, right? I mean, Anthony Richardson was a fascinating quarterback last year for Florida. Yes, he was a first round draft pick. He was not a great college quarterback, period. He struggled with accuracy, Uh, he struggled with decision making. Uh, That has been some of the knock on Joe Milton. Everybody knows he can throw it farther than anybody in college football, and that's fantastic. But this offense doesn't require you to throw it 80 yards. Very often, it's quick hitters. And so often, the the balls that Hendon Hooker threw, the deep ball, I don't know if there's anybody more accurate last year in college football on those deep balls than a healthy Hendon Hooker. So tell me why Joe Milton is going to play as good, if not better, as Hooker did last year, who was putting together a Heisman-type season.
2: Joe Milton has one problem, and it stems from high school ball, it stems from Michigan and he's a Florida kid from Michigan. And then when he started at Tennessee before Hooker takes over, he's a big 6'5, 260 pound kid. Best looking guy getting off the bus you've ever seen. He's got the cannon. He's got a 98 mile an hour fastball, as you just mentioned. His accuracy has been a problem and it's mainly because he's so strong. His footwork's poor and he just strong arms, everything now. Heipel says they've been working on it, working on it, and he played very well in that Clemson game. That's the best I've ever seen him play. He was accurate in that game. One of the first passes was a deep pass. He was very good in that game. He's never going to be uh, Greg Maddox, okay, but, but he's improved. Here's – if I've got a critique about this season coming up regarding him, here's what I've learned in 40 years of doing this almost. Being the backup quarterback and playing well, and even being the backup quarterback and then getting the job due to an injury and you play well is not the same thing as starting the season when it's all yours. It's not. That's good. He played well. That's good. Glad to see that, right? It's not the same thing. I've watched it time and time again. Now it's all yours. And the question is, if he is inconsistent and his main issue is accuracy and a little stiff in the pocket from time to time, which bothers you, how soon before they bring in a superstar, and that's Niko Iamaliava, who is going to be a superstar. And are they willing – here's the other question, and I posed that to Dave Hooker this morning on the show. Are they willing to lose a game to find this out? Because I think they're a 10-2 team if everything goes well. I think they're probably 9-3 and three if it goes poorly. I think that's kind of the two numbers for them. And it will probably be because of Joe Milton. Are they willing to lose a game to get their answer? And I don't know the answer to that. I don't know what they're thinking. Heupel is fiercely loyal. They may lose a game because of this.
1: Based on what you just said, you would you would fall in line with the – Tennessee, second-best team in the East behind Georgia, correct?
2: Going in, I would. The receiving core is going to be as good as it was. This Dante Thornton kid they got from Oregon is going to be an absolute freak. Squirrel White caught, what, 11 balls as a true freshman against Mm -hmm. Clemson. That is not going to be an issue. They will be just as electric. I don't know if they have two guys go that high, but running backs four to five deep. I'm a little worried about the o line defense at times guys last year was awful. Secondary at times shouldn't even been on the field. They were so bad. I mean, I don't think South Carolina even saw a DB the whole night. Right. (laughs) Uh, But I think, yeah, if I had to be conservative, I would have them or South Carolina and uh, that game's in Knoxville. We'll see if that matters or not. Rattlers obviously having an incredible August uh, practice, according to JC and everybody, that'll be a problem for Tennessee. But I don't think they beat Georgia. Georgia is the one team that on the line of scrimmage still controls them, and they got to mm-hmm. go to Alabama.
0: Yeah. Do de-
1: you think the defense has improved this year, like a dramatic improvement?
2: Front seven wasn't all that bad last year. It'll be better.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Secondary – guys, this is horrible. I don't – look, I don't think you can be much worse. Yeah, they'll be better. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean you only yeah. give up 290 yards rather than 390? No. I don't know. Uh, pressure to the quarterback will be important. They've got some new guys. This Peely kid they got from BYU is going to start at linebacker. He'll help them with physicality. This Arian Carter kid out of Smyrna, Tennessee, is going to be an All-American linebacker. He'll be in the two deep. They have some pieces, but does is, it close them with Georgia? And the answer is
0: no. I mean, Is Arian's a true freshman, Bill? Uh yeah, Certainly. he
2: his, his he's probably a three-star this time last year. He blew up. Alabama offered. Everybody offered. He's a linebacker who is going to be terrific. He has been the talk of August practice.
0: Yeah, Craig from North Augusta is in our chat box, one of your <laughs> listeners, and he said I've never heard about it. <laughs> but, yeah, Arian, uh, yeah, so that that's uh, – yeah, I've, I've read the same things. So that's good. Uh, I think Tennessee's a year – Probably about one, one or, with the way they're recruiting. Probably one or two away from having a great defense again. Uh, you know, relative to the style of offense they run, right? So, but I, I think the personnel's coming because they've got some dudes they've recruited now on defense. Well, we
1: we've, we've been waiting to see because my my stance on Georgia has been don't wait on Georgia dipping because it ain't happening anytime soon. It's up to these other teams. I know we're about to get rid of divisions, but let's just keep it with the schools that. If you're a fan of a team in the East, you're so used to talking about who? uh, Georgia, Tennessee, South Carolina, Kentucky, Florida. Uh, It's going to be up to teams like Tennessee, like Carolina, like Florida, to just get better. It's not going to be a situation where Georgia's just going to have a a really down two-year stretch. I don't see that happening at all. So Tennessee has done its part so far. I think this is a year like – if it goes the route of 10 wins, if they are very competitive in that Georgia game, if they have another big bowl win, then people will officially declare that they're back. And and if not, then okay, now what? So I think it's going to be a very uh, swing year for the Volunteers one way or another.
2: Let me add this too. I'm absolutely on board with Georgia. And I don't know who I'd bet on over them for this year, which would be, as we know, a repeat. But the history books tell us, even with the schedule, which is incredibly fortuitous, somewhere they're going to fall. It do, th- that doesn't have to ruin their season. Right. Maybe it's a game like Missouri or Stetson Bennett. They just figured it out. We're playing like garbage, but we're going to get out of here with a W, and it's not going to matter. Do you – as much as we like Carson Beck, right? I mean, a lot of talent there. We don't know if he can fix that thing. Mm-hmm. If you get into a pinch in the fourth quarter and you're paying like garbage, which can happen to anybody on a given Saturday, That's can right. you get out of there like you were able to do with Stetson Bennett?
1: Right. And, That's I, a great I,
2: And again, guys, I'm not going to tell you who's going to beat him because I I can't tell you. But right. the history books say somewhere you have to fall.
0: Well, think about this: as good as Georgia was last year, Missouri—you mentioned that game almost lost. Ohio State should have lost. Right. Kentucky was a sixteen to six football game. Yeah, uh, it was ugly. A classic Kentucky football game, right? They, so they, uh,
2: they were behind the first half against Georgia Tech.
0: Yeah, yeah. Tech, Tech was playing yeah. kind of spirited, kind of a little spirit. Brent Pry, you know the the alum. Yeah, they, Rallied the troops, right? Right. Hell of an engineer, right? So <laughs> I'm sorry, Georgia, Georgia right. Tech something we just, uh, they mean well. Yeah. We they just, uh, well. we, uh, I can't believe how far that program's fall. But anyway, but yeah, that's, that's uh, you're right. Every team has those moments, right? I think right. we're in this Alabama dominates kind of world here. So I think, yeah. I think we we kind of forget that hey sometimes these teams play close games too and it yeah. feels overwhelming because you look at the recruiting rankings Georgia you look at the national rankings Georgia George Georgia Georgia but you don't think actual games you know hey there were some games they hung in the balance they could have they could have been ten and two which know? is not
1: unlike a lot of other champions
0: yeah. I mean yeah. even yeah. Alabama had, yeah
1: yeah you know not every champion goes undefeated not every champion blows everybody out and covers the spread every game but I'm with you. Uh, there, there will likely be a game this year where Georgia fans look back and go, Oh, Stetson wouldn't have made that mistake. Stetson would have made that play on third down right. as much as, as much as fans were so reluctant to ever <laughs> embrace him until the second title. Um, they, they learned quickly. He was the real deal.
0: Yeah, they used to be like, "Oh, Carson would have made that. Brock Vandergriff would have made that." Play. That's right. That's Kirby, right. Kirby, Kirby, you need to put my Grand Vandergriff in the game. In that, buy in the
1: buy the stock in the five star <laughs> instead of the kid who looks like an accountant every time. JT uh, Daniels
0: would have made that play. JT, put JT in. Kirby, Kirby, if,
1: if he could have been yeah, yeah, I mean, on the
0: field. I've noticed my I've, I've modeled my style after I'm trying to do the Kirby Smart thing. I'm so impressed with it. No. You guys are both modeling
1: right style after each other. We got hat visor, we got glasses, we got facial oh, hair, yeah. Yeah, That's crazy. shirts. I mean, yeah. you guys are like uh, kindred spirits here. It's it's for those watching on our YouTube channel. It's it's a good look. Uh, Bill, uh, always appreciate it. We won't make it uh, so long in between uh, appearances. Uh, for those that don't know the show, go ahead, plug it. Tell everybody what you do.
2: Yeah. On 6 to 9 Central every morning, Monday through Friday, we're on various stations. We're probably on 12, 15 stations in Georgia. We're on in Florida. We're streamed across the planet Earth. I have a guy that works in the embassy in Kiev who listens to the show. We've got people all over the world, literally, that listen and all over the country. It's not a local show. If I had to do local radio, I would quit. I don't like it. It's a national show based on college football national topics, and we have a blast.
1: Amen, that's brother. That's, that's why we do this. this is, right. we, we cover Amen. everything, and we, because we're we on all platforms, we can go national and you could- get a mixture. we got a listener in Moscow. Before he moved there, before it became uh, the the situation it is wow. now. But big wow. Notre Dame fan in Moscow that's uh, yeah. tuning in to JC and more. Yeah,
0: and I'm I'm on at nine nine twenty Eastern, eight twenty Central every Thursday with Bill. So there you go. And that's been a, that's a new thing for me that just started about six months ago. I'm really 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 enjoying that segment every because uh, I, I I've had Bill withdraw because we used to do that recruiting thing every. Every we did Wednesday. it for many years. Yeah, I'd get up, crack a dawn, drive to downtown Nashville before anybody was there. Beautiful drive. Get in, and we would just rock an hour of recruiting. Every, all calls, rapid fire, any school goes. North Dakota State to Rutgers. And Bill would bring it up, and we would, talk. I mean, it was, uh, it was very, and then I'd just go into work all jacked up and fired up for the day. So it was, it was very great.
1: When we have more time, I'll tell the story. I I tried to get Bill on here in Atlanta, and if it was for uh, if it wasn't for Wiser Management, that would have happened. Um, but th- that's a whole other story for another time, Bill. But we, it, I swear, it almost went through. But uh, the the world of local radio, as you know. Uh, yeah. can be a disaster for sure bill always appreciate it you are not a disaster you are uh bringing your a game as usual and we look forward to chatting with you down the road thanks guys thanks, bill. appreciate it yep bill king the man the myth the legend we'll take a quick time out more jc and morgan on the other side Mike here for Elite Roofing and Restoration. Chances are you're a homeowner, you're going to have to have that roof replaced at some point. Could be because of wind or hail damage. Could be because it's just that time the roof is old and you don't want to take any more chances. Go ahead and call Elite Roofing and Restoration. They will take terrific care of you as they have for me over the years. They provide exceptional roofing services. They offer a highly knowledgeable staff on insurance claims for roof repairs and replacements as well as an extensive catalog of materials. Materials and colors to ensure your roof looks as good as it performs. So how do you do it? Well, you just start off. You can go to the website, EliteRoofingGA.com. That's EliteRoofingGA.com. Go ahead and fill out the form. Get connected with the fine folks at Elite Roofing and Restoration, and they will take care of the rest for you. Elite Roofing and Restoration. Don't settle for second best. Hey, this is Mike Morgan, and like many of you, I love staying active. It makes me feel better. It helps me enjoy a better life. But whether you're a world-class athlete or someone just keeping the dream alive like me, you'll want to make sure you have someone who can handle the injuries that are going to arise. That's where the world-renowned Dr. Michael Hatrack of Synergy Sports Wellness and Synergy Release Sports come into play. He's been my guy for nearly a decade, and he has served thousands of people, including over 400 NFL players, over a career that spans 47 years. Yeah, he's that good. And his staff's personalized biomechanical treatments and therapies can handle it all. Back pain, knee pain, shoulder pain. We all know the injuries, but few know the solutions the way Dr. Hatrack and his terrifically trained staff do. I've seen others. No one delivers the results the way they do. That's why people from all over the country come to Synergy's two Georgia locations, Buckhead and Alpharetta. Dr. Hatrack has trained a team of chiropractors in his proprietary technique, that has been proven to yield life-changing outcomes from professional athletes to the Joe Schmoes of the world like, well, me. Check out the website to set up an appointment today, SynergyReleaseSports.com. That's Synergy with an S, ReleaseSports.com. You can also find a link for them on our website, JCAndMorgan.com. Let the incredible staff at Synergy take care of you so you can reach your wellness goals. Okay, back for a final segment uh, here on J.C. and Morgan. Our thanks again to Bill King for joining us. Again, uh, J.C. and Morgan presented by Elite Roofing and Restoration. You see at the bottom of the screen serving the Carolinas, Georgia, and Florida. You can also add to that Southeast Tennessee. Jeremy was quick to point that out. So we just had a Tennessee guest on there. They're taking over the Southeast, but if you want a free estimate on roof, don't do not let it get out of hand. You will have a mess. If you don't take care of that roof, it's got hail damage or just wear and tear. Give Jeremy Johnson and company a call at elite roofing and restoration. As we record this JC, uh, on a Thursday afternoon, it, 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 the tea leaves are saying there's a very good chance Stanford, Cal, and SMU could wind up in the ACC. That uh, story continues to go along. Uh, we still don't know officially who the Alabama quarterback is going to be. Um, I think every other SEC quarterback situation has pretty much been cleared up, right? I don't. Auburn is cleared. There's up. Who am I missing? A and Man, I don't know. Them, their guy, yeah.
0: yeah a- so, AM's have been Cooper. Yeah. So uh, yeah but it,
1: 13 out of 14. I mean, it, I, I know you think it's going to be Milrow and that seems to be where everybody's leaning, but I don't think Nick Saban has a whole lot of confidence in any of them right now. It's almost like he's saying through the media, would one of you please do something to take the job so I can announce it?
0: When did this happen? 2016. And it ended up being Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Remember? Yeah. They opened to get Southern Cal Now, they were so good that they beat Southern Cal like fifty-four to three. Uh, but like they, I think they started Cooper Bateman and rotated another guy in, another guy in, and then they named Hurts the starter, and everybody else transferred, just left. So uh, I think Mac Jones was was the guy that was left uh, as a true freshman. If, uh, if maybe, that, started- maybe that was the next year. So.
1: If they start Milrow, it's almost like the the way Auburn won games with Nick Marshall. Like that's the way it's going to have to be done. And hey, Auburn won a lot of games with Nick Marshall.
0: Yeah, it just it just depends on how much better Milrow's gotten as a passer. Players do get better, right? They Cam do. Newton got Cam Newton got better. I mean, Cam Newton couldn't hit the broadside of a barn out of high school or, or at Florida, but then he goes and uh, I think the the son of Dennis Franchiotti kind of taught him a little bit about throwing and developing. So, has he developed I mean, because I mean, the same thing. People are with Josh Milton, the same thing. I mean, is he better throwing the ball? If he can get competent in throwing it, though, Mike, Alabama's going to have two of the best freshman running backs in the country. They're, they're, they're four deep there. They have a really talented offensive line. Tommy, they have good young receivers. Tommy Reese is not afraid to run the quarterback as an OC. You're starting to talk about having to stop this, like, triple threat in the backfield with the way Milrow can run. Mm-hmm. That could end up working, as you said. You nailed it there, kind of like a Nick Marshall kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Alabama may look you go from this pass happy thing to like, you know, something absolutely uh, that looks looks absolutely just something like out of the Melson era or something. Yeah. So, it, it's very intriguing. I thought Tyler Buckner would rise to the top, but I, I my guess is he probably has not cut back on the mistakes that have haunted him so far. He's a talented yeah. guy, competitor. Makes plays, but you kept absolutely – absolute. I mean, I read the other day it fallen to fourth on the depth chart. That means he's doing Tyler Buckner type things, throwing the ball mm-hmm. to the other team and stuff like that. So we'll see yeah, what Sim- happens. It's, it's going to be interesting.
1: Simpson might be the best pure passer, but clearly there's something lacking there too. So yeah,
0: it, it's weird. That's a weird. I get a weird vibe. I, I just kind of feel like he's not ready. Every time I yeah here see, but so who knows? Who knows? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's
0: weird. Alabama's the only one left. You know, Al- um,
1: that's it. Who would have thought?
0: But I now, mean, somebody seems like Florida, you know, we, we kind of just knew who it was because that's really all they've got. And it's like, ah, they're like Richard Gear, and an officer to gentleman. We got nowhere else to go.
1: Got nowhere else to go.
0: We got nowhere else to go.
1: Mayonnaise. Uh, <laughs> Mayonnaise. Uh, last last uh, 60 seconds here before we sign off. Week zero, what game are you looking forward to the most?
0: Outside of Notre Dame, because I've been hyping that all week because it's my fiance's favorite team, and mm-hmm. quite frankly, Mike, we've you made a great, you did a great Notre Dame breakdown the other day. Uh, I don't know which show it was on; I forget the kind of, but about, <laughs> it was about teams that have outside of that top group that could win it.
1: Right, right.
0: And it's year two under Marcus Freeman. He, he does have a new coordinator on offense. They've got great defensive talent. They got a big offensive line. I'm curious to see how Sam Hartman fits in. This great house kid, the true freshman receiver, is supposed to be, uh, no pun intended, great. <laughs> uh, so I'm looking forward to that. But outside of that, I'm going Jackson State, South Carolina State.
1: Going a on little at- Miak or well, that it's, would be uh, Miak MEAC SWAC.
0: versus Swack. Uh, yeah, it's the on the old, SWAC, network uh, television, ABC. Uh-huh. A rematch of the the bowl that that, that Buddy P. Buddy Pew announced his retirement uh, today. Mm -hmm. uh i i I looked and i saw well that's a game i can get behind um and then i want to see you know how much you know the dion factor uh helped or hurt jackson state was all was all that money they put into it worth it because how many of their really good players did he take what's their roster look like those are all interesting kind of ancillary questions that i have in addition to you know, really thinking Buddy Pugh's a heck of a guy and me kind of being a closet South Carolina State fan anyway. So that's that's the yeah. one I'm looking forward to while switching back and forth to between, you know, Vandy Hawaii to look at A.J. Swan and, and Clark Lee's team. And, you know, it's kind of funny. Everybody from the like, boy, I can't wait for that Vandy. They're going to be grilling burgers at home, drinking bourbon. Ugh, I can't wait for that Vandy Hawaii game.
1: Yeah, I I mean Same. Vandy should take care of uh, Hawaii yeah. rather easily. I do like uh the Swan kid. I think he's uh, he was if he was playing in a different offense for another team in the SEC, you might be hearing more about him. Uh I'll throw in a, if if you can find it, if if for those that can find the Pac Network, just to watch Caleb Williams, you know, they they're playing a a decent opponent. Uh it's not the uh best opponent in um San Jose State out of the out of the Mountain West. But I, I'd like to see Caleb. I'd like to see that offense again. Probably going to be a lot of points scored. Uh, so I, I, if I can find it, I might have it on my cable. I don't even know. I I, I have a lot of channels, and I watch mm-hmm. a lot of games. I don't know if I have the PAC Network, but maybe I, I can say that I watch some of the game on the pack.
0: I don't think you do, Mike. Uh, I, I don't think I do you. either, and I'm, I'm not just, paying uh, extra for it. And I know so. you've got a lot of channels. I don't even think you can buy it. On, on Comcast in Atlanta. Uh, assuming you're in Atlanta, I don't know. I don't know anything about Lexington, or Palm Beach. I don't know anything yeah. about Lexington, or Palm Beach, but I don't know. No, think no, I'm in
1: Atlanta. Beautiful uh, Comcast Xfinity cable. When when the uh, when the power is on, it uh, it typically works, and I, I I get the Big Ten, I get the <laughs> ACC, awesome. I get the SEC. Uh, I I get uh, what's that new ACC uh, the, the CW? I get the I get CW. CW. I, I got Everybody gets that. Everybody. Gets I don't know that if money. I got the pack. Yeah, I they got channels it. that have movies that I I don't even know what the channels are, but they have a you know like a good movie on every now and then. I'm like, what is this channel? to my pain I don't know if I get the pack.
0: I've seen that before too. Like you go to a movie channel, it's like this little squiggly line or. Or some weird name like Metropolis yeah. or something. You're like, ah, like
1: what is this? Yeah. Oh, okay, Officer and a Gentleman. Yeah, I'll watch that. That's a dimer. Uh, see, so we bring it all back. Five yeah. and dimer. We'll bring that back on the next uh, edition as sure. well. Hope everybody out there enjoyed it. JC, have yourself a terrific weekend as you're you too, commuting back and forth. And uh, to everybody out there listening, thanks again for choosing us here on JC and Morgan. Thanks again to Bill King as well. And we will see you next Tuesday. So long, everybody.